Ethical disclaimer. Reverse psychology, while hopefully fun and informative, is not a replacement for therapy. Also, Diane and I are both deeply passionate about psychology. We may get frustrated, but at the end of the day, we hold sincere respect for psychology and psychologists. Now, on with the show. Uh, We went on a really long run this morning. Well, for me, you went twice plus two as far. Mm -hmm. Plus three as far. That's the fastest way to say it. This is a really important story. I've been trying to work. Oh, wait, we should say what we are. We're This is Reverse Psychology, the podcast. Yes. Where we talk about psychology Stuff, and basically. comedy. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about comedy. We are comedy. I don't know if we do comedy. Depends on who, who you're asking, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Maybe people just we do annoyance. hate it. I'm a licensed psychologist, cool. PhD in school psychology and board certified behavior analyst. I'm a clinical psychologist. What was your PhD in? Clinical science. What was your license in? <laughs> clinical psychology. No, you don't get a license in clinical psychology. You just are a licensed psychologist. Psychology, yeah. But I had the clinical in there so people know. I'm a researcher and... You're a warrior poet. A professor. Of psychology. I'm a trifecta. You do TT. therapy. Mm-hmm. You do research. research. And you tap dance. Ta- and I am a prolific... You know, something. Good. Yeah. Improv is our strong suit. I I say okay a lot. Okay. Okay. Who am I? Joe Pesci and Thoreau Obama from <laughs> What's that? That is a broad reference. No, no, no. Joe Pesci from um Home Alone. Marissa where he's in that movie with Marissa Tomei. He's a lawyer. Spider Man. In the South. You know what I'm the talking wrestler. about? The wrestler. No, you know what I'm talking about? Home Alone Two. He says, Okay, 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 okay. Oh, good fellas. No. <laughs> Wait, Joe Pesci? My cousin Vinny. He's not in that. That's he, what, that's Ralph Macchio. Absolutely is. It's Ralph Macchio. It is not. You did that the other day too. We were watching Karate Kid, and you're like, Joe Pesci's so good. No, in this. no, no. Joe Pesci's like 20 years older. Although Ralph Macchio still looks like he's 10. In tw- the face. 20. <laughs> in the body, he looks like Joe Pesci. Which, if I were to make my perfect man, it would be the body of Joe Pesci, the face of Ralph Macchio, and really, that's your perfect man. The karate skills of Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. Pat Moriega. Morita. Who's <laughs> Who's Pat Moriega? Oh, he's the uh J- N- Noriega was the Panama general. Yeah, he's general. the Panamanian Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> okay. Oh, I've been getting a question. <laughs> getting a question. This is interrupt. This is another episode about neurological disorders. <laughs> no, someone asked me, "Hey Diana." They're like, "Hey, what's up?" And I want to finally answer it on the air. Yeah. Not much. Nothing. What's up with you? What does smell like up dog in here? <laughs> so people have been asking me what the differences between different types of therapists, not in orientation, but in level of education. Oh, We've talked a little bit about yeah, just that. Just tell them to listen to every episode because I don't remember when we said it. There's a variety of people who can give therapy. So the only protected yeah. term is psychologist there's no legal protection for counselor or therapist social work is protected for sure psychologist is protected so if you're out there and you don't have any education or license you can just be a therapist or you can be a life coach that's not oh yeah that is unprotected that's unprotected too so there's only certain types of psychologists that are licensable is that a word i don't see why not Uh, so i'll uh, allow it school psychology counseling psychology clinical psychology any other that you can think of that are licensable uh no so these are like, you have to get your PhD in these areas and, yeah, and then you, it, you're you eligible to sit, like given a certain number of APA hours. And has like, a specific criteria for what your classes have to look like. Right. So you like, have to, co- yeah. Right, even right, though right. there might be overlaps with like 
industrial psychology right. or forensic psychology, right. there's usually not the same courses in clinical skills as well as the same course. There's not the same training as far as clinical practicums. If your goal is to become a licensed psychologist, then... If your goal is to become me, go to a clinical school. Or me, go to a school school. <laughs> School, psychology school. Where was I? I feel like this is struggling, so I'm going to light the, the Freud candle. Okay, good. Get it up and running. We <sighs> have a... I just heard about a person who has a PhD in developmental psychology, so not a licensable area. Okay, Freud's on. Why Why would you get a PhD? I guess just because you want to go into academia and yeah, do research. that's what you're doing. Right. So you have a PhD in developmental psychology. This person can't call themselves a psychologist. There's one in the area that is a life coach. I've seen that where they'll do like life coaching for parents and kids and stuff yeah. like that. There's also a large amount of people in my program who were getting their PhD in like non-clinical and then they ended up just doing like stats for big companies. Mm-hmm. So one one woman yeah, I've heard that. became a stats person for an airline. What kind of stats were they running? I have no idea, but hmm. very lucrative. So lucrative you, stats? It's like basically she just kept calculating how much money she was making. Yeah, because you would, you'd have to take a good amount of stats stats courses that's the other thing so here's the difference you can get a PsyD or a phd in psychology in any of those three areas that we said were licensable phds are research oriented Mm -hmm. and PsyDs are practice oriented Mm -hmm. and PsyD programs tend to have really large cohorts like 40 people in a incoming class yeah. Whereas PhD programs tend to be a lot smaller. Like we had five. Just because the rigor of the research training, you have to have one faculty member that you work with that you do research with and a faculty member can't handle that many students at one time. Yeah, it's more of an apprenticeship style where you had one faculty member you're doing all your research with and then you have individual faculty members or practicum advisors who are Really, there's, there's a lot of like individualized training and supervision. So you can become a psychologist with a PsyD or a PhD. If you have a PhD, you're also trained as a researcher. You have to take a lot more stats classes. The reason that she got the job at the airline too is that all of her stat experience was longitudinal. And so I think they really wanted to show growth in things over timelines, which is specific in stats. Okay. And I'm sure people at home are like, why, is, why was she chosen? So answered it. This is probably not going to be exciting to very many people, but we should do an episode about different yeah. study designs. Yeah, because we have those like three subscribers still holding on and we just got to <laughs> get out, get rid of them. We want to make a clean break from the podcasting world. <laughs> then we can retire. Then we can retire. I, and, uh, yeah. They keep telling us like you can't stop while people are still listening. And so. Who's they? Big podcast. If you're interested in that, let us know. I mean, yeah. probably a f- small minority of people. Yeah. Maybe we can do like a mini sode on it or something. That would probably be more palatable. Oh, and let me get through this. Society, PhD in psychology, depending on the state, internship, 2000 hours, maybe postdoc. 2,000 hours of supervision. Maryland, no postdoc no hours require. But then you, then it's weird when you move to another state because you... You have to kind of fudge stuff. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, unless you've been in practice for, what is it, 10 years sometimes? In other state. Like, if you come from a state... This is really boring. I'm sorry. This is... <laughs> but someone asked... People have been Don't asking... blame someone else. <laughs> We answered their question like 30 minutes ago. No, we didn't. We didn't. People who give therapy, though, could be, okay, psychologist, licensed mental health counselor, LMHC, licensed. It has to be an LCSW. You can't just be a MSW. 
and give therapy. You have to be right. a licensed, so licensed clinical social worker. In California, they have um, LMFT, licensed yep. marriage family therapist. Here they here. What else could give therapy? Uh, bartender. <laughs> <laughs> Running coach. Daytime talk host. Dr. Phil. I had a client the other day, a parent really excited about something that she heard on Dr. Phil and really wanted to talk to me about it. It actually wasn't the worst thing that I've ever heard, but we did do a lot of like adjusting assumptions and expectations because it was not exactly right. I don't know if she was reporting it correctly or not, but those are the kinds of things that people really take a lot of information from TV and experts that they see on TV. Critics regard his advice as simplistic at best and ineffective at worst. Hmm. He's unethical oh, and good. incredibly responsible. Good. He is. Is he that guy who, what did that girl, that girl came on and said? Cash me outside. Yeah, How about that? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's her, right? Well, no, Dr. Phil isn't cash me outside girl. He had cash me outside. Yeah. There wasn't a, like a scene where he's like, I got to go to the bathroom, bring it back. He comes out in a tube top with tape over his mustache. You can't tell. A couple weeks back, we got a direct message DM from someone who was awesome they reached out to us they were they lived in the same area as us and they asked for help finding a therapist and i loved i loved that and we were able to refer them to a couple really good people in the area if you're in our area and you are looking or want advice about different folks our official stance is we can't be your therapist we can't give specific advice but we're going to give you encouragement because we think people should seek help yeah and if we can help to find someone or guide you towards places we trust we will and we're not getting kickbacks from places we would love to get kickbacks from places or not. Have you had any experience with Talkspace? I looked into it as like a part-time gig. I don't know how it works because you're licensed in each state. So maybe you only get callers from that state. I think so. I wonder what they pay therapists. It's not good. Yeah, I'm it's, sure it's, it's not. It's not good. So that made me uncomfortable. And it, it might it might have been Talkspace. In a way, I like the idea. But in another mm-hmm. way, I feel like it becomes too reactionary for people that can really benefit from more consistent and build upon itself therapy Mm -hmm. and so it's the same idea like if you only go to the doctor whenever you're sick and then the doc can make you feel better in that moment but then you go out like all right well i didn't learn anything i didn't change anything i'm just gonna like keep reaching out to this place and so and that was just kind of the feel for it like it's good in a way it's good to as a resource to reach out to but it's not like i don't think yeah like it's like a suicide hotline or something yeah i think that it's good in areas where there's not accessibility to mental health care. The other thing I just found out about is Open Path. I wanted to spread the word about it. It's really cool. Basically what it is, it allows people to hook up with therapists that not in a therapy way. I mean, in a therapy way. Open Path is a website where in your area, you can go on and search for psychologists who belong to it. If you don't have insurance that covers therapy or there are lots of therapists that don't take insurance, you can go on Open Path and find therapists or psychologists who have sliding scale fees and they keep open maybe a couple slots for sliding scale. So I, for example, have two open path slots. I only do sliding scale for those two people who sign up through open path because I'm a business owner and I can't really afford to do sliding scale all the time. But I do want to provide that service for people who really want it. So it keeps me like accountable in terms of how and who I'm using my sliding scale for. On the website, you can find if people are taking new clients. So that's that's all I got for this week. Exciting. Yeah. What's what's our topic for today? So at the end of last week, actually at the beginning of, eh, it was in the middle of last week. <laughs> it was sometime at last some week. At some point, 
you asked me who the big guy was. Yeah, big guy. And I said Jaws. And who's the Jaws of psychology? And then I said Bronfenbrenner. And then, well, I said Freud. I said a lot of names. Yeah, you and did. Then, and at the end, you were at, referred back. And so one name kept popping up. And then when I was listening back to the podcast, I was like, oh, we, I should circle back and give some more information about who this guy is. Do you remember that guy? Who are we talking Erickson. Yes. Because I said, oh, yeah, that's probably Eric- right. Erickson. Yeah, that's the best name. Do you think his parents were like, we want a boy so bad? Oh, he could be Erica Erickson. I have bad news for you. What? Eric Erickson's birth name no. was Eric Selmanson. <laughs> why did why did he change it? So Eric Erickson changed his name. He was He should have been Selman Selmanson. Eric Erickson's mother, Carla Abrahamson, was a from a prominent Jewish family in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Conceived Eric in Frankfurt, Germany, where he was born and given the surname of Selmanson. But because he was born out of wedlock, they fled some point mom and son mama and son son and then the they fled to the u.s identity of his dad was never really made clear what do you when was he born in 1902 and then he fled to the u.s when also did he flee that feels like he was running yeah his mom fled so then they fled to a pl- another place in germany so they're, they're just kind of bouncing around because they were mm. disgraced because he was a bastard so Eric Erickson, growing up, due to his constant moving around Doo-doo. his being a bastard and his difficulty and just his own identity his whole focus became on identity identity crisis who is he as he got older he became uh, very focused on identity confusion and then that became his basically his life's work is how do we we develop who we are and our identity as they say in psychology research is me search so whatever you, if you're in a phd program in psychology and you're studying something probably comes from something that happened to you so while he was going through all this and he graduated from school. Where did he go? Most of his youth was in Germany. And so he graduated whatever like German high school is and wasn't very distinct, wasn't very noteworthy. He wanted to be an artist. So he was bouncing around for years to become an artist. And then he realized he's not a very good artist. And so he decided to become an art teacher because when we always say on this podcast, those who can't do teach and those who can't teach do a podcast (laughs) and since i can't teach anymore i'm doing a podcast well you can teach you're just teaching for a school that went bankrupt (laughs) (laughs) it's not on you really it's not on me i didn't go bankrupt so he (laughs) so he became an art teacher and in that period do you do you know who he bumped into (laughs) thanks for involving me yeah who he bumped into in germany in germany Anna Freud. Yep. I got it right. You got it right. Yeah, so he bumped into Anna Freud. He didn't bump into her. It was because he was teaching children. I went to and Freud's she was, birthplace in Vienna. Oh, I went to his conception place. <laughs> they st- they st- There's a little plaque on they, that bench. They still, oh, it's not a bedroom. No. I was going to say if they just had it set up like that night. Yeah. <laughs> it's conceived. Yeah. It's like some sex toys. <laughs> Real old school sex toys. You're like a, a red sheet over the lamp. So when he was 25, his friend invited him to Vienna to be an art tutor. And a lot of the children of the rich parents were undergoing analysis by Anna Freud. And Anna, noticing that he was good with the kids, encouraged him to come to the school and she wanted to teach him. But what was Anna Freud had a therapy that she came up with? Yeah. So she her big thing was child psychology. Okay. And so she took her dad's work and started to apply it to children. and mm-hmm. because But in a different way. She it, didn't yeah. do like it ego. It was like... It was like... A, um, well, that, that 
that's actually what she was teaching Erickson was a more modern version of psychoanalysis, but mm. but with the focus on children. Do you know that some people still do psychoanalysis? A lot of people still do. I know. It's crazy because there's not a lot of efficacy in it. No, there's not. Anyways, Erickson, to answer your question, changed his name after becoming a psychologist. Wait, because you jumped from he was an art teacher, he bumped into Anna Freud, and then he changed his name for after school. So what happened when he like when did he study psychology? He received his diploma from the Vienna Psychoanalytic Institute in 1933. While he was in grad school, he got married to Joan. Was it one of his grad students? No, she was a Canadian dancer. Good for him. Canadian? What's that about? Joan moved to Vienna to conduct dance research. What? So they were both students, but she was studying dance. I don't know how you do dance research, but if you know, please write us. Yeah. So he married Joan, graduates. John Martin graduates. Yep. 1933, literal Hitler comes to power, stomping around Germany, and starts to burn all of Freud's books in Berlin. Yeah, he's not a fan of academicians, academians. And so? Academics. Erickson moves to the United States. Unprofessional! Stopped him. And so now we have Erickson in the United States, and he starts doing a whole bunch of research. Where is he? Boston. At Harvard. Massachusetts General Hospital. Oh. Judge Baker's Guidance Center and Harvard Medical School. He established... Everyone comes through the big names. Harvard, Yale, Hopkins. St. John Fisher. (laughs) That's where I went. No big deal. For undergrad. Okay. Virginia Tech. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I always cite my undergrad <laughs> as my place of note. That no one's 19, ever heard of. Although 1936, three years later, Erickson left Harvard to join, to go slumming it at Yale. Mm, ooh, harsh words. I know. I, I think I jumped over or maybe I got talked over. He changed <laughs> his name to Erickson. He viewed himself as a self-made man as he became a psychologist mm. and was like, this is my identity. I've discovered who I'm supposed to be. I've created it. I grew up without a father. It's not right to have my father's oh, name. Oh, that makes sense. And so yeah. he is Eric, Eric's son, the son of himself. Oh, that... I've been reborn! <laughs> he did a rebirthing therapy where there was... A, got in a sleeping bag. He got in a sleeping bag with his face on it. <laughs> then he came out of his sleeping bag's vagina covered in goop. Okay, so anyways, the whole reason I wanted to bring this up because Erickson, his big claim to fame were the stages of development. Yep. So this is how we develop psychosocially. So how do we develop as a, a social animal as well as how do we develop our, our identities? Personality. In a way, he doesn't call it personality. Who we are. Essentially, who who we are, our identities. It's a contrast to Piglet from last week because he was all about how, yeah, do, how do we develop cognitively? How do we think? How do we solve problems? All right, cool. Erickson's stages are derived from psychoanalytic theory. In a nutshell, that is just a set of theories that is focused on the unconscious mind. The whole idea of this field is that we're, we're always in conflict. We have the rules of the world, and then we have what we really want to be doing. And we're trying to satisfy both. Okay. And like, if you're talking to Freud, all of our our desires are to like, oh right, bang people, and then well, all depending of our, on the stage, like the, it's oral. They, yeah, the, the the stages are just they refer to how we want to bang someone. No, no, it's the psychosexual development. Erickson says that we all go through a series of crises, and this is the thing I really like about the Erickson theory. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Piglet, you you're at a stage and you have to get through the stage. And like, this is what it looks like to get through the stage into the next one. Whereas Erickson's like, you're going to get through the stage regardless, but you might not come out well. You might 
lose your crisis or you mm, might choose yeah, that makes sense. you might choose poorly which makes the next stages even more difficult to do well in well that's the difference because piaget is a theory of cognitive development so right y- yeah there are stages that you won't necessarily reach if you're intellectually disabled yes exactly with erickson it's like you're going to go through these this is what it's going to look like at these different places in your life you're going to age you're going to get to the next one but if you really struggle or if you kind of you're going to be a, like messed up you're going to be kind of fucked up okay what are they this starts at birth from birth to two mm-hmm. so the way this is arranged we have our ages we have the virtue we're working on mm-hmm. we have the actual crisis the relationship and then basically like what it looks like. If you have to memorize this for a test or for the licensing exam, there are a lot of good videos online of how like mnemonics and like how to how to remember each thing. Yeah. And it's I forgot it completely, which is what you do when you do rote memorization. But if you have to remember it for a short period of time, you can. From birth to two? Yes. The whole virtue is hope. And the crisis you go through is trust versus mistrust. Oh, I remember that. Good. The relationship is with your, your mom. Yep, your mom. Sorry, dads. You're at home. No, you're at work. <laughs> you're going bowling. Mom's at home. So the big question at this phase is, can I trust the world? Can I cry and then my mom comes and takes care of me? Yeah. That, yeah. Are my basic needs met? And basically, it's all about, does the child learn that they can trust their parents, that their parents are predictable? And by extension, is the world predictable? Yeah, I was going to say, is the environment predictable? Yeah. Yeah, like if I'm really hungry and I make a noise, will my needs get met? If I stand by the bathroom holding my front and back, <laughs> will, will someone open the door that's, for me? That's a later stage. I was doing that as I came out. <laughs> I came out and I was like, where is the bathroom? <laughs> Whoa, I've been in there for nine months. Oh, God, it's hot in there. <laughs> Are you sweating? Am I? Yeah, I'm sweating. This happens after I run long. I just have a, a glaze of sweat for the rest of the day. Wow. My, un, my, I have a lot of underboob sweat. <laughs> I know, it's hot. Yeah. For this one, it's a lot less about the choices that the baby makes. We're not going to baby shame. But it's a lot, <laughs> a lot about how like the behaviors the parent in, gets involved in. So are they feeding at a, a predictable time? Are they allowing the child to have their needs met? Are they... Mm-hmm. approaching them in the right way okay if you what happens if you suck at that stage if you are a baby and you just fucking suck at getting fed you're gonna learn mistrust you're gonna have a little bit more anxiety and a little bit harder time to trust the world that goes with like attachment disorders we should talk about that another time yeah put a pin in that around age two you get a little cake with two candles the moment you blow out those candles you've gone into a new stage where the virtue is will and the crisis is autonomy versus shame congratulations happy birthday this will be fun when you say the first one i want to say the second one like versus you say okay i'll say the first and you say what the, the successful outcome is okay the relationship is with your There's no notes um wait what ages two to four with your dad kind of it's, with, it's with your parents parents both parents one key thing as we go through life the key relationships get broader okay the big question is is it okay to be me mm. which is the question we always ask ourselves and I'm still asking myself that. Am I three years old? Maybe. Yeah. So Did I not resolve it? Maybe not. Maybe you're still... Maybe, oh, we need to do some regression therapy. Okay. So the child goes through their motor abilities and they learn to explore their environment. Ideally, for a successful outcome, the parent provides a strong base of security so the child feels okay to go and explore. Yeah. You see that with three and four-year-olds. They go out... Like, like the healthy development one, the healthy ones will go out explore come back check in with parent go back out again like they're looking back at their parent and like is this okay they're also the ones that will like walk across the room and be like check this out 
out! As opposed to like the child that needs to be close. And, and you, you can really see already how these build on each other because if you can't, if you feel like you can't trust your parent, then you're not going to feel comfortable to like Good wander yeah. 10 feet away because you might turn around and they're with a different child that's a little bit more attractive than you are. Then you get you get upset. The big piece about this is exploration and, and feeling okay to engage in your interests. Are you choosing things you like or are you just looking to your parent to give you stuff? In general, this big picture question, why is this important? This is important for one because despite a lot of the issues with this theory, which I'm going to kind of dabble on at the very end, mm-hmm. we still draw a lot from this. And this is important because this helps to understand basically what people are going through at different stages. For a lot of therapists, they kind of look through like critical periods in people's lives. And like you were saying before, like if you didn't successfully accomplish it, this could be like a sticking point. A lot of problems early on could be manifesting now. So Dr. Diana, if you don't learn autonomy versus shame successfully, how do you think that might show up in a, a relationship now? I'm not saying that you you did or didn't. In an adult relationship? Yeah, like a romantic relationship. Oh, romantic. Um, you just generally, I mean, you're not able to really trust and connect with that person. Yeah, and this might be someone who's like really uncomfortable to be apart from someone. Someone who like who checks. Oh, like really needy? Yeah, it could be really needy. It could be like they, they, they check in a lot because they don't trust that. You go do your thing. I'll go do my independent mm-hmm. thing. And we'll come together later. It'll be, we need to do our stuff together. We need to do, we need to like everything that we both like. Mm. Age five, we have five candles in the cake. We blow it out. And now we're on a new stage, which is purpose. And the conflict is initiative versus... Initiative. What's the first letter? We'll do this like a crossword. It's five letters. Uh First letter is G. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Guilt. Oh, guilt. The relationship is your family. And this is basically, is it okay for me to do, act, and move? Uh, It seems like a, a very close extension of the last one. So it's a lot about planning tasks and mastering the world. Are you okay to take the initiative or do you have to be part of the family? Not a really interesting one. Yeah. Uh, Let's keep it going. Yep. Age 9 to 12, competence. Mm-hmm. It is industry versus... Inferiority. Yep. So this is the big one. This 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 maps on much more closely what we are talking about last week, which okay. is this is when you're starting to be a teenager and you're basically you're learning competition. The relationship is your neighborhood, your school. Now you can like manage your body, your work and things. Your meso system, possibly. Per Bronfenbrenner. Uh, and so... Can the child deal with the the demands of learning new skills while competing with other people? And can you develop a self-confidence? Okay. How do you think you did with that when you were nine? Not great. I'm sorry. Me neither. I know. Yeah. I hate competition. I used to... I mean, I don't... Well, that's interesting. I never loved it, but it it ruled me. Like cash. (laughs) Oh. Competition rules everything around me. I could just... I was a super competitive person who, if I didn't do well, was felt like... I was not good, mm-hmm. not a good person. I worked through it. Yeah, I got some. Now. Yeah, I I did you get flares therapy. up of of being competitive. But I do. I think it's, it doesn't. I mean, there were times like in my adult life where I couldn't like play games with people and stuff. Like it would, it really hampered my social life. Which funny, I feel like I also, I like it more now. But like when I was younger, I did not like playing games with other people. But I wasn't super competitive. I just didn't like other people being competitive. Oh, it made me that made I me uncomfortable. Like yeah. there was. There were friends I would have where like we could hang out and play and it didn't feel competitive. Like I hated playing video games with other people. Mm. Even like drinking games in college. I was like, I don't... (laughs) Because I like playing like beer pong and flip cup and those things because I'm kind of a basic bitch. But there'd be people that were so competitive with it. And I was like, I don't like this. Just like stop being... Like just relax. I never played beer pong. Oh, this is... We can play. 
I only I like quarters. She's like I like quarters. That's a fun my one. Age. We should before the next episode. We should play a drinking game and then do or the episode. Okay, what's next? Oh, right. the other thing about him is that it his goes through your whole life. Yeah. So how his, many stages are there altogether? There are nine. Okay. What are we at? We're at five. Okay. Now you're thirteen. Fidelity. So this is identity versus role confusion. This was his big one. <gasps> well, I was supposed to guess. This is identity versus. Role confusion. Nailed it. So this was the big one. This is the big guy. This is the big guy. Interestingly enough, because this was like his life work and his life focus, even before he was a psychologist. And from a research standpoint, this is the one that holds up the best. Going out from this one, they kind of get less and less well-defined and and well-researched. It's it's interesting. It's reliable. It's the most reliable one. Okay. Your peers, role models, and this is essentially... How do we appear to other people? We develop our sexual identity. We, and we yeah, and we learn what, what roles we're gonna take on. So this, I mean, this is the this is your teen years. This is when you're going through phases. You're like, all right, I'm a punk this week. Oh, wait, and now I'm super into baking. Oh, I heard speaking of teenagers and se- sexual development. I heard this week that the new thing for teenagers is. This is probably early teens, but when you like a boy, you give them your scrunchie. Mm. I gotta buy some scrunchies. <laughs> Yeah. They hand out. <laughs> I'm going to walk into work tomorrow with like four scrunchies up my arm and just like, oh, oh sorry. I didn't mean for you guys to see that. These are just my scrunchies collection. It's me just giving you one every yeah. day. Isn't it hot when your wife gives you a scrunchie before you leave for work? Mm. Man. Yeah. I mean, what are boys doing with those? Putting them around the base of their penis. I was just going to say that. <laughs> my dog growing up would eat Jamie's scrunchies. Oh, that's a bummer. And... They get wrapped up in the poop. Well, we would never... We, this was upstate New York, so we would never really know it. And then after the first like real thaw, our backyard would be covered in scrunchies. <laughs> it, it was hilarious. The snow would melt and there would be like a hundred scrunchies in the backyard. Cause just... What did you do with dog poop after the... Did you have to do like one big pickup day? We were supposed to be doing it pretty routinely and it was easier in the winter. Oh, because you could see it? Because you could see it really clearly. But at the same time, like, no, we just waited until it thawed. It's and then cold. We did it all. Yeah, it's cold. Plus, our backyard was a hill. Mm. And so we're like, if you just wait, it'll roll. That's the saying, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know that poop's always rolling. <laughs> Poop, poops roll downhill. All right, what's next? Okay. So let's say you crush that one. Now you're 20, and then your life just gets remarkably easier. Does it? Nope. This one is love. Oh, because you have to find love. Conflict is intimacy versus... I don't know. Isolation. Yeah. So this is about friends and partners. This is the struggle to... So per him, at this point, you have your identity and now you're trying to find like who are the people who fit with this identity. 20 to what? 20 to 39. Oh. So you just got out I of it. I just got out of it. And I did. I found my love. Oh. And I found my right friends. Right the wire too, man. Right. Yeah, no. But yeah, and so his whole idea is like you have your identity... And now the next 19 years are just learning who complements this identity. How do I form these friendships? I'll allow this. I like this. I, I do like that idea because I, I do feel like... In her 20s, well, I was a little bit of a late developer too. So I did a lot of like searching mm-hmm. in my 20s that yeah. ended up not being great. But Aww. my 30s, mm, mid 30s th- to 40, yeah. those five years, <laughs> really fruitful. My 30s... Are- have been so much better than my 20s. Oh, yeah. And I feel like a lot of, I think it's a big part of it, where it's a lot of like, although I feel feel like my identity and role confusion definitely extended into my 20s. But then it, it was a lot of like, and this might be a Catholic thing or just like a whatever thing, but like I definitely was ingrained early on with like, everyone needs to be your friend. Oh. Everyone needs to like you. And if they don't, there's something wrong and you got to make them like you. 
And so huh. even like, that's a lot to live up to. I feel like a week and a half ago, I finally was able to be like, you know, what? everyone doesn't need to like, like I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, only a week and a half ago. No, I feel like, but that's been like my big in mantra my, in my thirties. That's been the work I've been doing. And I feel like it's made things remarkably better hmm. to be like, so oh, you're okay with people who don't like you. It still hurts. It, it would, it should, I guess. But at the same time, I don't feel the need to like r- yeah. radically yeah. change things. Like when we got that three star review. Oh my God. That, yeah. Well, they didn't leave any content because they're a coward. No, they just rated us that's okay so we've won three star reviews i know but we have 48 five star reviews and two four star -star reviews reviews. which that one i think that one there it's just real there's just real people well i think one of them their finger slipped (laughs) and then one of them i think that they're like i love it but like the only five star review i can give is when jesus christ our lord and savior finally does a podcast and so they don't want to give a five star and then jesus comes out with one and they're like I had a friend. Remember when you would rate things on Netflix? Can you still do that? I don't think so. I don't know. But you know what I'm talking about? You had like friends on Netflix and then they would like see your ratings and they would see that. That I wish that was still a thing. Oh, really? I would love... I don't want to see what my friends are watching because that's a lot of pressure. It's the same thing on Spotify where like I have mm-hmm. these guilty pleasure songs I don't want people to be like see me listen to. But I would like to be able to give Spice Girls a recommendation to people. Yeah. Like Spice World. But <laughs> that but like that would be nice. So you have like your list, then like your friends list, and it's like stuff your friends. Cause there's been plenty of times where I'll be talking to people and I'm like, Oh, you need to see this movie, and then I'll like go on Netflix with them on their phone and be like, Oh, it's that one. And then like, I was like, I just want to be able to be like beep, 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 beep and then they get it on a list that's a com- combination of a lot of sounds from different things i had to put, I put the, in my passcode you're the beep boop guy and the i'm the michael winslow of this podcast <laughs> the tivo guy yeah so anyways when i i had a friend who in netflix she was a friend on netflix and she would just only rate things a zero or i guess one is the lowest a one or a five she was completely dichotomous like nothing was she either hated it or she loved it that really messed up my understanding of how movies were because you would see like your friends ratings and then like an overall rating there used to be a list too of like recommend no they still recommended uh, people in your area yeah yeah like trending in your area which is always pretty cool i definitely liked that netflix used to be a little bit more social yeah well i would like have evenings with nothing going on so i just go through netflix and start rating stuff i've seen before a little bit about me that feeds into your love versus i mean yeah that was my that was my early 20s okay it was and i was definitely i lived alone this is before i got my dogs and i was just like alone rating netflix Mm. trying to figure the world out killing it in your 30s though my 30s have been my my 20s were chaotic you remember me in my 20s i did met you i know my 30s have been way better way more predictable now let's see what you have in store for you okay age 4259. Sweet. The virtuous care. Oh, I know. Yeah, okay. Generativity versus stagnation. Yeah. yeah. So the key relationships are ooh, ooh, ooh. household members and coworkers. And the big question is, can I make my life count? And so the big task Yes, I can. Can I express love beyond sex? I think so. You do loving things. Thanks. Can I maintain healthy a healthy life? Can I develop a life with other people? Can I grow a child? Can I accept my child's friends? Can I care for my aging parents? Can I create a comfortable home? Can I engage in leisure time and have hobbies? I'm dealing with many of those, but you are not the kid stuff. No, but you you definitely give advice to other people's kids. (laughs) That's right. So you're crushing it. That's all therapy is—just giving advice. Yep, that's what Doctor Phil says. Doesn't matter if it's good. 
all right, age 59, last day of 59, you blow out the candles and then you say, oh, perfect, last stage. Death. The virtue is death. The question is, are you alive or not? Virtue is wisdom. Yeah, the, I like that. This, this one's so hard. The conflict is ego, integrity versus... I don't know. Despair. Oh, yeah, that, may, yeah, that makes sense. The key but, re- relationship sorry. is all of mankind. When he... I wonder what the average lifespan was in when, like the 30s yeah i mean because like we're living Much large later. yeah now yeah. 80s i think the average age is 78 now it, it actually just went down in america sweet for the actually like for the past three years it's been going down sweet it's good yeah so, we don't need to live that long yeah did you know that like a lot of people who in other countries who it's like oh this is the oldest person alive they're like 118 you know what i'm talking about like yeah. you get like reports when, and it'll be like when al roker reads off your birthday for smuckers is that on the the today show it's like old jenny may is 98 years young no no, no. this is like the world record setting oh, yeah, people yeah, yeah. from like yeah. it'll be like from mexico this person and they say the key to a long life is one beer a day or whatever yep. it is that bacon and cigarettes yeah whatever it is that they did i heard that a lot of those people actually they can't verify, verify their ages yeah. so it's actually not verifiable <laughs> they look fucking old though <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shit. They, they eyeball it yeah. they, <laughs> they chop off a limb and count the rings yeah. my friend just went in for um to talk about infertility and in vitro fertilization what what <laughs> and they were like oh you're 41 we had this special going for if you were 40 where they would like take three, like do three rounds for the price of one or something. Ew. And it's just like way more expensive when you turn 41 because like you're you just it's harder for your body to hold a pregnancy or whatever. So I was like, can you just lie about your age? Like it's only one year. And she's like, well, we had to give them our licenses. And I was like, ugh. Can you get a like fake ID? That's like a lot of money. It's like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. It'd be so funny to go to like a local drug dealer <laughs> to get a fake ID that is one year younger than you. It's like you and like a bunch of local youths. <laughs> then you get pulled over and you give your chalked ID. Uh, she can borrow to, my ID. Do you guys used to chalk IDs when you were younger? No, I, I never did because it seemed risky. But it was when you t- you took a colored pencil and you changed the the year. You just smudge it out like that. Whatever. When I was in when I was a youth our ids were laminate they weren't just a piece of paper like when you were driving <laughs> i did not have a piece of paper but i just used my friend's old id when we went to mexico because you could drink when you were 18 yeah that was not an option in upstate new york what about canada yeah that was hard to get to and they're respectful okay we don't want to go up there what's la- what's what are we doing last one age 60 ego despair mankind and the big question is, this is, this is the whole this whole block depresses me. The big question is, is it okay to have been me? Oh, what if it's not? Then you have despair. You're like, fuck, I just, I lost. I think that's what my dad has Seven right times now. in a row. Yeah, let's diagnose your dad using this chart. Oh, boy. They and no, so yeah. the, the big task is just reflecting, did I do a good job? Did I... Hmm. raise a family did i do certain things and then you're done and then you're out his you're uh, like seacrest out eric erickson's wife helped him with a lot of this and she actually also developed another stage which is basically you, a dance 
researcher. <laughs> yeah, the dance researcher helped Good. them. And she basically said that at the very end of your life, you go back through these stages backwards. And so... Benjamin Button. You you Benjamin Buttons yourself. The whole idea of this, some criticisms, uh, great face failure. Like you can like... like yeah, going, yeah, going yeah. Through this, but there's not a lot of research actually holding it up. Erickson actually acknowledged this. He was saying that it was a descriptive overview, but he said that it, it was a tool to think about rather than a, a factual analysis of what's actually going on. Also, if you can... in this... I don't know if you believe this or not, but it seems to be heavily focused on white European American males. What? Because that's what he based all of this on. Yeah. Also, there's no good good rationale for the ages or the orders. And the biggest thing is that essentially you don't just go through it and then you, or once you're done, you're done. Because right, you're right. going through this the entire time. It's like, like a loop. Yeah, you're you're constantly updating your identity. You're mm-hmm. constantly learning trust and mistrust and all these things. So what Erickson said was that these are the the ages that this conflict first comes up. And the earlier you start working on it, the better off you're going to generally be. Real quick thing to sneak in. Um, James Marsha was a, also a developmental researcher. And he found empirical support for the adolescent theory. So mm-hmm. the identity stuff. And basically, he had the stages of identity development all based on Erickson's work. That Erickson's big life thing was role confusion. That's the big part of his theory that was effective and seemed to hold up. But how do you think you're doing in life? <laughs> You've been you've been in this stage for a couple months. I'm Are- doing okay. I mean, I really do think I was a late developer in a lot of ways. Okay. I mean, early physical development and then late emotional development. Okay, that's a that's a healthy order to go in. Mm, I don't know. Actually, I I think the other way around would have been more. Yeah, I was being sarcastic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's way better to to develop like a sense of self and a personality before yeah, before your body gets your boobs there. get there. Yeah. I mean, nothing that like a lot of therapy now can't take care of. That's okay. Yeah, just dump, dump. It's my retirement plan. Just put all, all my money into therapy. Yeah. I won't have any money when I retire, but I will be yeah. emotionally okay but about it. By the time we retire, the country's going to be underwater. We just need to have a boat and a machine to turn our pee into water. That's a thing? No. Yeah, Waterworld. You didn't see the documentary? <laughs> Is that Kevin Costner? Yeah. That guy looks like Kevin Costner in Waterworld. That. That movie was about turning your pee into water. That was a big scene. Kevin really? Costner drank his pee. I never pee. saw it. Did you ever see that one documentary on YouTube of that monkey drinking his pee? He's just <laughs> laying upside down, peeing into his mouth. Mm-mm. I'll send it to you. Okay, what's up with you for this week? Or uh, things I have, coming up? I have tomorrow <gasps> off. We? Oh, Nate Bergazzi yeah, show. Yeah. If you guys are listening to this still, uh, <laughs> go on Netflix. Check out Nate Bergazzi's The Tennessee Kid hilarious and he is coming to tampa so we're going to go see him on thursday yeah i'm super excited if you're in tampa and you're listening to this the day it comes out which you should be go grab a ticket i don't know if there are anymore and we're going to be at the hub beforehand come say hi come say hi that would actually be amazing yeah if you're listening to this and you go to the hub and see us come say hi well how do they know what we look like because there's pictures on the internet we'll be wearing stickers (laughs) and nothing else i'll be wearing jeans no shirt and two pasties which are our podcast logo (laughs) We should get some shirts. We should get some shirts and give them get to Nate Bergazzi. shirts. Yeah. If, if you're Nate Bergazzi and you're listening to this, give us a shout out. Yeah. Also, tell a friend. Tell a friend. And listen with your kids. Listen with your kids. Listen with your professor. Diagnose them. Uh, if you like us, give us give us a rating. Shout out. Give us a shout out on iTunes. Get a friend to listen. That way you guys can talk about it together. On and Reddit, maybe. Yeah. Just drop it everywhere. And the... the the larger we get, the bigger community we get, the more interesting the podcast gets. Oh, really exciting. I got I went through with my smart goal. I updated all of our recording equipment. Mm, that's right. And we have enough to get guests. And so we are going to start 
scheduling some guests. And so if you have any interesting ideas or topics, we have some cool ones in the pipeline, but let us know and we will get some people that are almost as smart as we are to come on. Right. All right. That's it. Well, I love you. I love you. Bye. Bye. Are, are they maybe Jehovah's Witnesses down by the water? I think so. His brochure was all in Korean. What? How did you know? Did you stop? That it was a him? No. <laughs> it was in Korean? Yeah. Did you stop? No. The, you can very distinctly see the characters. The there characters was, standing there? There was Korean Jesus. There was Korean Moses. Oh, do you think that people in other countries only worship religion? Only worship religions? What do you say? Only subscribe yep. to religions where they are represented? Probably. What do you? What's in your toe? I think it's a splinter and it's really deep in there. Okay. Which is going to be my afternoon project. Good. Should we just cut the toe off? No, but this is going to be satisfying. Good. Going to get some burned needles in here. Perfect. This is going to be an editing nightmare. I'm sorry. Yep. Already. I, right off gotta, the bat. I haven't pressed record yet, so. <laughs> okay.